welcome to the James Spinner Show podcast. It's been a minute. Been a minute, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. It's uh, It's been wild in my world. Uh, today's episode, we are going to talk all about the election. Uh, it'll be uh, all election all the time on this podcast. And uh, hopefully it's the last time we got to talk about it. Uh, it was a wild week, man. The election week, I was tuned in like crazy. I mean, I was... Shoot, I was probably watching... I would guess I was probably watching somewhere near six hours of coverage a day. I was flipping back and forth between CNN and Fox News um, every day from Tuesday to Friday. So I was I was locked and loaded. I was locked and loaded. In the meantime, uh, I had a hurricane hit. A hurricane hit my area, and the hurricane was like three miles per hour. The wind was three miles per hour less than if it would have been a, hur- a Category 3. So it was a pretty serious storm. So we got a lot of that. Um, A tree hit my house. Fence was torn down. So it was a really crazy couple of weeks. Um, That's not totally fully the reason why um, we haven't had a lot of podcasts and and stuff like that. Kind of took a little bit of a break. Um, I would like to illuminate that a little further, go deeper into that, uh, but I can't at the moment. So I'm hoping we can uh, have like a, a more transparent conversation about that kind of stuff, um, and it's nothing, nothing crazy. But um, if you've noticed, you know, a drop off in podcasts and YouTube videos, uh, there, there, there is a reason. So, um, so hopefully, hopefully, when the time is right, I can, I can dig into a little bit more of that for all of you. So, uh, but that's, that's, that's what I'll say right now. It's, it's, an, it's an interesting time. I mean, it's more. I feel like I'm in an evolution, like in a kind of like a, a period of evolution. Or like almost like a cocoon butterfly kind of step here, and um, you know usually when that stuff happens, uh, content gets you know, evolves as well. So that's a really vague way of putting it, but I don't want I don't want to get too deep into that right right off the bat um, before we get into the election. Before I get to the election stuff, I do want to mention Alex Trebek uh, passed away yesterday when I'm recording this. And, uh, man, I love Jeopardy. I really love Jeopardy. I watched a lot of Jeopardy. Um, Alex Trebek, I, I was pretty sad. I was pretty sad. I mean, anytime, anytime a monument of American life like that passes, I mean, he was 80 years old, you know, battling pancreatic cancer, so it wasn't like it was a shock or anything. But still, to see someone like that go, and uh, it's almost like a little piece of Americana goes with him. Uh, I don't think they should, I don't think they should fill it. I don't think they should get a host. I mean, it's easy for me to say. I'm not the people working on Jeopardy. But if it was up to me, I would say, hey, um, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to replace them. We're going to air reruns or or whatever. I mean, you know, trivia doesn't go out of style. So I think they could do that uh, and go just fine. I heard today that George Stephanopoulos is uh, looking to fill the role. And if George Stephanopoulos replaces Alex Trebek, I think I'll honestly, I'll leave the country and I'll move somewhere. So, so be on the lookout for that for me to go, to go across uh, over the seas. So let's talk about the election, huh? Now, this is going to be a much more structured version of the podcast because there's so much to talk about and there's so much to get through. So this isn't going to be edited or anything, but it is going to be way more structured as far as like this theme, this theme, this theme, this theme versus just an open-ended conversation because it's there's so many layers. I mean, you're talking about an onion. Like this is this is the ultimate onion. So let's talk about off the first thing I want to talk about is my thoughts on the idea of the election being rigged. 
So this is something that I've really bat- I've really battled or I've really uh kind of opposed, I guess you could say, is this idea that the election was rigged and that more than that is that the idea that the only possible way Donald Trump could lose would be if it was rigged. And you know, he echoed this and a lot of the supporters are echoing it. I think that rhetoric is very dangerous. The rhetoric that, you know, it's 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 almost like I heard a, someone talk about it. It was like he's he's lighting the house on fire and leaving out of the back door. And that's kind of what it feels like. It kind of feels like it's like, hey, look, this shit is screwed. We we got screwed. We got we got uh, you know it's rigged. It's against us. Everyone's against us. Uh, you know, don't take this lying down. And then he's out of there. And to me, all that creates is it like puts a stamp on that division of his most radical supporters, and it allows them to kind of leech onto. It's the same thing we saw with Hillary Clinton in 2016, where a lot of her supporters they never really got over it, and you know they cried. I mean, how long did we have to hear about Russia, and how long do we have to hear about all that stuff? And you know, a lot of people just never got over it, and what that created was this like what we saw in this election where the, no one was voting for policy or no one was voting for anything. It was just it was just a pushback on Trump. It was just a pushback on this one singular person. And it goes both ways. And an exercise that I've been doing with people is I say, take the sentence and have the sentence say something to the tune of, I can't believe blank lost this election. I can't believe blank won the election. Blank isn't even fit to be president. The only way that blank could have lost the election to blank is if blank interfered. This was rigged. And you can make all those blanks, you can fill them in as if you were a Hillary Clinton supporter in 2016. You can say, there's no way Hillary Clinton lost to Donald Trump. Donald Trump's not fit to be president. The only way that Hillary Clinton could lose to Donald Trump is if the election was rigged or uh, if, if Russia interfered. Then you could switch over to this year and have the complete opposite side of the, of the aisle say, there's no way Donald Trump could have lost to Joe Biden. Joe Biden's not fit to be president. Uh, the only way that he possibly could have lost to Joe Biden is if there was interference from China or if there was interference from a rigged election system or mail-in ballots or whatever. And it's one of those things where, to me, it's, it's a lot like where people... Whenever like a, their team loses or something in a, in a, in a Super Bowl or something, that, and you hear like, oh, well, the Super Bowl was rigged. The NFL wants the Patriots to win or whatever. And then it's like, well, if you believe that, if you're there, if you are at the point where you believe that the NFL rigged the Super Bowl or if that an election is rigged, then to me, you're pretty much done. You know what I mean? Like, how are you supposed to ever watch a football game again if you believe that the Super Bowl could be rigged? How are you supposed to ever believe in America again or an election again if you believe that it was rigged? So it's one of those things where it never ends. There, there is no end. Like, it's funny to me because, like I always tell y'all, politics are a circle, and the most radical are the closest together. And it could not be any more, any more true than the last two elections. The people who, the Hillary Clinton supporters who lost in 2016, they are, or they they acted exactly how the radical Trump supporters are acting now. It's the exact same thing. It is the exact same narrative. It is the exact same mindset. 
It is the exact same vitriol, and it's crazy because those are the people that they hate the most. And it just goes to show you that that is the most volatile and the most is not where you want to be. Personally, I believe the election was fair. Now, I'm okay with hearing arguments of the stuff like our system is flawed, right? Like, obviously, we have to do better of counting the ballots. I mean, I can go down to a casino, a street away from my house, and they're working 24 hours a day, cash and chips, collecting tickets, doing whatever. The fact that the presidency of the United States drug on for as long as it did, and we had multiple states who just couldn't count their ballots over the course of like four days. We have these crazy systems of mail-in ballots, and you can register to vote on the day of. You don't have to have an ID to vote. Dead people are voting. Like, is the system flawed? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm sure it is flawed. You know, is even the Electoral College flawed? Like, is, is the idea of the Electoral College flawed? I'm not saying, like, Electoral College versus popular vote, but just those those little intricacies. I can hear the conversations of that. I, I'm, I'm, off, I'm, off. I'm not saying that it was 100% correct, right? I'm not saying 2016 was 100% correct. But I'm saying that as far as, hey, did someone bust into this election and rig the whole thing and we just got screwed? I tend to say no, okay? And there's a big difference between that. There's a big difference between, you know, I really don't think that you should be able to register the same day you vote. There's a difference in that argument, and I think Democrats hatched coronavirus in a lab and spread it over the world in order to have a reason to do mail-in votes in order to steal the election. Like, once you start to get, like, once you start to do that, it's like, okay, that's a pretty slippery slope. Just like the Super Bowl um, metaphor, do I think that sometimes the NFL may have a rooting interest in certain teams or they're rooting or, you know, they're hoping a certain team wins? Or even the referees may be thinking, like, okay, well, I'm kind of biasing against this team. I could, I could hear that. I could hear that argument. I could hear that argument way more than every single player on each team is playing a role and they are fixing the game and, the action on the field is already predetermined and everything is just set up because everyone's a, a state actor and uh, everyone's perfectly doing it. You know, like, those, those, that's where to me it gets to the point where it's like, that's the ultimate tinfoil hat. You know what I mean? I mean, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard so many arguments about the conspiracies. You know, I've heard like each state is a different conspiracy basically. And all of the Republican states were the states that fought the conspiracy and the blue states are the states that just they couldn't fight the conspiracy. And you know, like I said, I've heard that I've heard that Biden paid off Joe Jurgis or Joe Jorgensen to run to take votes away from Trump. I've heard that Biden paid China to create the coronavirus. I've heard Biden and his team created the coronavirus. Like I've heard all these things, and it's just it, it's it's not it's just not it's unbelievable. You know, I mean, it's it's really crazy because the thing that I can't that I don't understand is, you know, why would they rig the election but they don't rig the Senate? You know, I mean, if they if they could rig the presidential election, they could also rig the Senate and have complete power. And I think that's what people are kind of missing out on is this idea that what like this idea that okay, Biden's the president, and we'll talk about this. Later on, I go, oh, I don't, I don't even know. I'm trying, I'm trying to stick to a theme, but it's, it's getting harder. But this idea that, like, I think it's because of Trump and people are so divided that they're rooting for their guy to win, right? 
And if their guy doesn't win, they think it's the worst thing of all time. But when you really look at this and you look at like, okay, well, what will the next four years look like? Let's just say it's Obama's presidency. You know, I was telling somebody this the other day. I was saying where, you know, we, we have an idea of what Biden's presidency will look like because he was the vice president for, for eight years, you know, and, and, and Obama was the president. You know, like that, that it, let's just take that as a benchmark. If those, if that's what it looks like for the next four years, but you remove things like Obamacare, which obviously Biden can't do, uh, things like that, then, you know, what, what people are, people are honestly afraid that the, like their freedom is gone. And this is a big problem I've had with Trump is that when you have such a dogmatic view on a candidate, and you, he's basically a superman or a superhero, and your superhero loses. And I've heard this echoed a lot: is that people believe people believe that Donald Trump is synonymous with America. He's synonymous with freedom. He's synonymous with your rights. And if he is gone, there will be no one there to protect your rights or protect your freedom. And that's the scary thing. That's the thing that I've been really fighting against his entire his entire term was this super dogmatic uh, where people were transforming him into a deity because that's just not the case. Joe Biden and his presidency is not going to turn America into Venezuela. Like we're not looking at a situation where he's about to take all your guns away. He's about to ruin the economy. He's about to enslave you. And next thing you know, you're going to be living in some socialist hellhole. That's just not the case. And people, and, then, and we don't even have to talk about the Senate. Or the, as long as the Senate is Republican, it's a, it's a pretty balanced system where I don't care who's the president. They can't just march in there and start changing things and make Puerto Rico a state and socialize medicine and defund the police and like all these super left ideas that we've heard. They aren't an issue. So if you're one of the people who are ter- who is terrified of a Trump or a Biden presidency, and you say, "Well, what?" and I say, "Well, what are you scared of?" You know, say, "Okay, well, I'm scared he's going to tank the economy." Okay, well, the economy is doing really well right now. Like the stock market responded pretty well to the election. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the days after the election was the biggest boom post-election in American history, and it's because because of the Senate, because these companies believe that. There's not going to be. They have no fear of tax. They have no fear of these huge sweeping registration uh, regulations. So if they if they're not afraid, and they're dumping money into this market and giving us this huge market boom, I tend to trust the market and these businesses and these these professionals and, and all that. I tend to trust their money way more than I trust a 55 year old guy on Facebook who still wears his high school Letterman jacket, right? So. I'm just not as fearful. And I voted for Trump. I've told you all on this podcast a million times. You know, I voted for Trump twice. And I don't look at it like my guy lost. I don't look at it like... I mean, some people are taking this how I took like when the Saints lost in the NFC Championship game to the Rams and with the pass interference call. You know, like people are taking this personally. They're taking it like their guy lost, their beliefs lost, their team lost, and the bad boys won. The bad team won. And that's that's the bad part is that all of a sudden this has become this is just so us versus them. It's so you versus me. You know, if the Democrats win or if Biden wins, then that means the Republicans lost. You know, it's like 
Not really. I mean, again, with the Senate and all that stuff, and there, there are a lot of Democrats who are not happy because the projected blue wave didn't happen and all these projected polls didn't come to fruition and they expect a pushback in 2022 and they could lose even more power. And, you know, so I, I just think this gloom and doom, Trump is out, thus America's over, is pretty crazy. Pretty wild. I mean... Everything is just so, it's such a circle. You know, like time is such a circle where if you look at just, let's just take Obama's presidency and Trump's presidency. So Obama becomes president, right? Now think about the celebrations, think about the narrative, all that and, and, and whatnot. Eight years later, during Trump's presidency, and however much of this is true is irrelevant. I'm just talking about the narratives. What's the narrative? That the country is in the worst racial divide in history. And it's, the term after the first African-American president. You know, it's like all the the narrative switches so fast. So fast. And trust me, you're about to see a big switch in the narrative with Biden because now the media, they don't have a choice. Like CNN and MSNBC, they have preached that Donald Trump is Satan and Donald Trump is the reason for all the bad things that are happening. He's the reason for uh, racial tensions. He's the reason for COVID. He's the reason for COVID deaths. He's the reason for everything. So what the hell are they going to do with Biden? What are they going to do if there's a you know police a police shooting? What are they going to do if there's riots in the streets? What are they going to do if COVID gets worse? COVID could easily get worse. It's getting worse in Europe. What what are the new what's the news going to do? They they have made their bet. I mean they they went all in. They went all in with the anti-Trump thing. So before I get too far down into that, let's go to the next theme. So that was so that's my whole thing on on the as far as it being rigged. I don't think it was rigged. Um, I think the system could be better, and no doubt about it. But there's so much misinformation out there. I would I would highly advise that instead of focusing on the conspiracy theories and was the election stolen, was the election rigged. Instead of that being the narrative every single four years, a la 2016 with the Democrats and now 2020 with the Republicans, instead of that, I think it's much more important to focus on uh, the runoffs uh, in the Senate, uh, focus on 2022, focus on what's actually going to happen in some of the places that you may be afraid of as far as what's going to happen in the economy, what's going to happen with COVID, what's going to happen with with any of these regulations, what can Joe Biden actually do, and we'll kind of get into that as well. So. I don't think it was rigged. I'm, I, I'm one of. The, I mean, I love conspiracy theories, you know. But there's a big difference between listening to the conspiracy theories and uh, having that run your life, you know. So, I, I, I think it's interesting. It's, it's just, a, it's such a house of cards, you know. I mean, you got people saying like the presidency was fixed, but they're counting, but they're not arguing that the votes for like the Senate were fixed. It's on the same ballot. So it's like, okay, the Senate, the Senate, like, it, it's just weird how they're picking and choosing what could be rigged, what's not rigged. So again, slippery slope, don't put too much time into it. So let's talk about how Trump lost or how I think he lost, I guess. So Biden, I mean, this was predicted. I mean, we talked about it here a lot is that Biden just had to breathe. I mean, he just had to exist. He had to exist. Biden, the last thing Biden did was win this election. The last thing Kamala Harris did was win this election. I mean, Kamala Harris, for being the ultimate Yas Queen, again, she was at, what, 2% of votes during the primaries before she dropped out of the race. You know, she herself 
uh, shit on Joe Biden during the debates. You know, it's not like these two are bringing a lot. They actually are bringing nothing, if you really look at it, because they can't do anything that they were running on. So what are they doing? You know, like, what do they do? What they did? They just sat there and they were the people on the ticket. I mean, Kamala Harris tweeted out a video about equality and equity and everyone should end up at the same place. And which is just like, which is the work. I mean, it's almost comical how no one held her to that. She's basically saying that no matter who you are, no matter what you do, everyone should end up in the same place, which doesn't sound very cool. It sounds pretty awful, actually. But no one really gave a shit. Um, honestly, this was not this was not a Biden or Trump thing. This is this was pretty simple. It was either do you like Trump or do you not like Trump? And uh, there was a poll. I think it was on CNN, maybe on Fox News. I, I get the coverage mixed up now, but it was something like forty nine percent of Biden votes in the exit polls were voting against Trump and not for Biden. And when you think about that, and there was another poll where it was like 66% of voter or Democratic voters, one of the, like the top two things they were focused on was the personality traits of the candidate. And Republicans were like 85% the economy. You know, it was, it was just wild. But this was 100% a pushback on Trump. Now, you can argue, like you, the reason for the pushback as far as was the pushback fair? The Really, no, as far as Trump's presidency. Trump's presidency, pretty good. Economy is, at points, you could say, probably the best economy in American history. Um, he defeated ISIS. I mean, ISIS, the Middle East, I don't even think exists anymore. I, mean, I haven't heard about the Middle East in years. He defeated, defeated ISIS. Um, you know, he went through a global pandemic. I mean, that's something that, very difficult, and we're staring at a possible vaccine uh, very shortly. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that, but you know he's done he's done a lot. Shrunk unemployment. Fifty six percent of Americans uh, in polls said that they feel like they're in a better spot than four years ago. You know, I think any small business owner and any four hundred one k haver would say, "Yep, everything's looking pretty cool." And if Trump, if COVID doesn't happen, then he probably just runs away with this thing. There's really probably nothing that they could have pinned him on. Uh, I think for the first time in probably my lifetime, we had four years of relative peace as far as uh, wars or as far as uh, any kind of like international conflict. Uh, you know, he got us out of a couple bad deals. I mean, he. you can't deny that strictly for the country, he was pretty successful. Now, where did Trump fail? Trump failed in Kuth. Trump failed in him, his personality, his tweets. He failed at being a likable guy, I guess. I mean, that run, you know, you run that risk when you are as much of a cult of personality as he is. Some people don't like him. Some people do like him. I've been pretty vocal about I don't like him as a person or as far as like his Twitter's personality. It's not for me. Uh, I didn't, I didn't buy in, I didn't buy into, you know, the whole like Stone Cold Steve Austin, badass leather jacket. He's fighting the swamp people. Like I, that really didn't really do it for me. So he missed me on that, but I loved his policy. I mean, I loved what he was doing for the country. I thought the country was fine. I mean, I, I didn't, I think it's pretty unfair to pin COVID on him. I think it's pretty unfair to pin uh, the deaths on him and all of that. So, you know, I, I, I just think that the pushback as far as that was probably unfair or at least undeserved. 
And a lot of it was, I guess, the media. I mean, I guess the media, I would hope that the media wouldn't have this kind of impact. They obviously did. But the negative, I mean, Trump got four years of anti-coverage from every news source besides Fox News and all the right, you know, all the right media. But every media, and this is a huge theme for me on this presidency, is that albeit the Biden won, I think we saw a huge pushback on kind of the woke, kind of like that whole idea. I think that's kind of over. It's almost dead, I I think. I think you're going to see a lot of that moving forward. I think a lot of the super radical ideas, you know, defund the police, stuff like that, uh, Green New Deal, a lot of the socialism talk, a lot of the socialized medicine talk, um, I think a lot of that is going to go away. And I think the media picked a lot of that up because, hey, I mean, they want the strongest narrative possible. And those are headlines written for them. But I think that they realize that that's not going to work, and they being the Democratic Party. So what does the media do? I mean, I think the media goes away, honestly. I think I think this was the last straw of, is the media still in the middle? Are they presenting the news? Are they presenting facts? Are they presenting this? They made a very, very easy decision, or they're a very obvious decision, where they said, we're not going to do that anymore. I mean, you could watch CNN, I mean, just the things that Jake Tapper and Anderson Cooper and, you know, just Van Jones, and I mean, they are openly rooting, openly just bashing anything and everything Donald Trump. And people just don't respond to that. People didn't respond to that. People don't like that. And I think you're going to see CNN, MSNBC, places like that. They're either going to completely change their tactic of claiming to be something they're not, or they're just going to go away. I mean, what do they do now? You know, what do you do now that there's no Donald Trump? What the hell do they talk about? I really don't know. I don't I don't know. I mean, like, the Harry Potter books ended once Voldemort was defeated. You know? We didn't get five more books of peace and happiness and no Voldemort. They needed Trump. They needed strife. They needed the big bad guy. They needed this, this demon. And I don't think they can withstand not having him. I, I really don't. Not to mention, Biden's presidency is going to be pretty much nothing in my opinion I, I think it's going to be a gridlocked pretty dull couple of years and you got to remember too this is the first time in my lifetime maybe the first time ever that we have a president who's going into a term with zero chance of running again under his own accord this isn't like he's ran his two terms or this isn't like he was he's going to resign or anything like that you're talking about four years where he knows he will not run again so the first two years is going to be where he really can do stuff, but what is there to do? You know, as long as the with the Republican Senate, there's really nothing for him to do. The only thing that Biden really can do that that will impact, you know, me and you and everyone else, is how he handles regulation with COVID. Will he shut down the country again? You know, what what will his COVID uh, relief look like? What will his COVID task force force look like? That's really where he's going to make his mark. Beyond that, there's not much for him to do unless we deal with some kind of strife that we we can't foresee, like a, you know another a terrorist attack or another virus. I mean, you know, stuff like that that we 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 don't see coming. But as far as his decisions, virtually nothing. Then after that two year period, everyone's gearing up for the election. 
you know, everyone's gearing up for who's going to run, who's going to position themselves in the Democratic and Republican parties. And you're talking about in 2024, we're going to have like 40 nominees. I mean, you're going to have all the Republicans, then you're going to have all the Democrats all vying for their nominations with no incumbent. And it's going to be wild. But in my opinion, Trump got trumped. Like Trump did this to himself. The same reason that Trump won is the reason he lost. Without Hillary Clinton, a lot of Trump's, you know, a lot of his bravado just fell flat because there was no bully. People loved to watch Trump bully Hillary Clinton because they she deserved to get bullied in a lot of people's eyes. She deserved it. She deserved they they wanted to see the Clintons finally get what was coming to them. And Trump was the guy to do it. Without her though, all Biden had to do was not do anything. And Trump, you know, it was almost like uh you know, like the stand up to a bully thing. It was like the opposite. It was just like don't go to school. If you don't go to school, the bully will probably just get bored, I guess. And people will just think he's an asshole. And that's kinda what happened. I mean, I don't know how much I believe in like, you know, the whole Arizona flipping because of Trump's negative remarks on John McCain. I don't I don't know how much I believe in, you know, Trump's remarks on John Lewis, you know, flipping Georgia. You know, I think there's a lot more to that. Uh, just like Stacey Abrams. I don't think Stacey Abrams was as much of a factor in Georgia as a lot of people believe. Uh, you know, and we can get into that later on. But I think Trump just ran out of gas. And I said this during the vice presidential debate. I think that Mike Pence would have probably won this election. Because I, I think all the people that went out and said that we had two different kind of votes. We had the anyone but Trump vote. And then we had the only Trump vote. And that was like the two radicals going at it. I think if you had Pence instead of Trump, I don't think he has. I don't think he would have garnered the same anti-vitriol that Trump did, and he might not. He might not have lost this thing. And you know, I mean, Trump. I think he was the necessary thing to stop Hillary Clinton, and that was pretty much it. That was pretty much where he existed, and pretty much his, 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 you know, his use. Beyond that, I, I don't think there was any. I think people just started to sour. You know, people, people just, the people in the middle or the people close to the middle just soured enough. And then the super violent, super radical anti Trump people obviously came out in droves. Mail in ballot helped too, obviously. But, you know, that's why I think Trump, there was a lot of factors that led to Trump losing. Uh, and I don't think any of them are a rigged election. Let's go to the next thing. Let's, let's see. The next theme here. Okay, this is so so why Donald lost. We talked about that. So this is the... So let's talk about the vaccine. So now the question is... Now, Donald Trump's still the president, right? Like, Donald Trump's still the president for a couple months. So what should he do? Now, this is what I think he should do. I think that a lot of people are saying, you know, he should fight the system. He should indict Hunter Biden. He should go after Joe Biden. Like... But those people are just echoing the same things that they were saying four years ago about indict Trump, uh, get Russia, get the dossier, you know, all that stuff. So I don't think he should waste his time with that. I think if he wants to really, if he wants to really make a mark, what he should do for the next couple months is get this vaccine pushed through as fast as possible. If he gets this vaccine pushed through as fast as possible, he could say, I also dealt with COVID. I also cured COVID. I mean, think about that. Think about if he eliminates ISIS, boosts the economy, 
you know, does all this stuff. And then on the way out says, oh, by the way, here's the vaccine for COVID, a, a virus like we've never seen before, a pandemic that we've never seen before, global pandemic, shut down the whole damn world. People are still dying from it. Here's your vaccine, 90 plus percent success rate. See you later, suckers. What that would do is it would completely eliminate Joe Biden's need, basically, because all Joe Biden can do is cure coronavirus. And by cure, I mean, you know, just kind of give us a, I don't mean he actually is in the laboratory, but if Trump does it, then what the hell is Biden going to do? You know, then, then there is no regulations. There is no relief. There is no vaccine. Trump's already done it all. What's the news going to do? The news has been blaming coronavirus on Trump the whole time. So if he also hands you the vaccine, now this could also position Trump to run again in 2024. If he cures coronavirus, his uh his campaign in 2024 looks pretty pretty real. You know, all of a sudden he's sitting here saying, "Hey, look guys, remember that thing called coronavirus? I also fixed that." You know, so now what are you going to do? Now what are you going to say? Now what's the negative now what's it going to be? Right? Because at that point, you would think that like racial tensions and stuff like that are just going to keep flaring up. So it won't be it won't be the same narrative that Trump's getting now. That's what I think you should focus on. I think you should focus on taking the wind out of Biden's sails. Because again, Biden is not coming into this with any momentum. Biden and Harris, all of this narrative right now that you're hearing, this like super jubilation, this is all just anti-Trump talk. There, no one is excited for Kamala Harris. No one is excited for Joe Biden. These two could barely even get the Democratic nomination. Joe Biden... Joe Biden wasn't tracking well at all. Looked looked like Bernie Sanders was going to be the nominee. Again, Kamala Harris was doing even worse than Biden. She dropped out getting like 2%. She was, no one liked these two people. These are, I mean, these might be the two most disliked people who ever, from their own party, to ever become president. I guess Trump might be, because the Republicans hated Trump. I mean, it's, it's pretty wild. So they have zero momentum going into it at all. So now, if the only thing they can do is do something with coronavirus and Trump does it, then it makes him look great. This is what I think Trump should focus on, 110%. Now, I also think Trump, if I was a betting man, I would bet Trump is going to open his own media company. I I think that's the obvious thing. Because I think there is a... I think obviously... There is a desire for the for this kind of radical, you know, kind of like volatile talk on the right, and I think that you know he's he's not happy with Fox News at all. He, him, and Rupert Murdoch are not boys right now. So I think that as Fox News gets less in the Republican corner, I think you can see Trump open up his own media empire, and I think people will will go to that. And Trump is a businessman, so I would not be surprised at all if Trump said, you know what. I'm going to fund this new media empire. I'm going to pull a Ted Turner here with, like, with CNN. And Trump, all of a sudden, he's, he's uh, making billions because he owns whatever the biggest media company in the United States. So I think that's what Trump will do moving forward. Um, I, th- I, think that'll be, I think that will be his move is focusing on this, on this media company, this media empire thing, whether that means Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity and like, all these people are going to be behind it. Who the hell knows? But if I'm in Trump's team, I'm saying, look, man, let's forget about a lot of the conspiracy theory stuff. Let's get this vaccine out there. And then if you want to do the media thing, fine. Maybe even run in 2024. But that's what that's where I see Trump going with this.
So what's this mean for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? And and kind of, it's so funny, man. It, it really it really cracks me up whenever I see, whenever I've been seeing people celebrating Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, because I think my my favorite picture in the whole world is the picture on Instagram and Twitter being passed around of all the vice presidents, and it's all and they're all obviously white males. And all the vice presidents are black and white. Like, they're black and whited out. And then there's Kamala Harris. And, like, this huge picture of Kamala Harris. And she's in, like, this, like, full color. And the narrative is, like, finally, Kamala Harris, you know, stuck it to all these old white men. And two people over from Kamala Harris is Joe Biden, the president, her president. Like, I heard someone say uh, in support of Kamala Harris and um, Joe Biden that, Black is the new orange, like it, you know that we're replacing Trump and all that stuff. And it's like guys, you, like Joe Biden's white, you know, like this is not some insane. It, it's almost like they got so lazy they're just taking. I saw a lot of people just quoting Obama. They weren't even quoting Biden. They were just like it would be like a picture of Obama and, and say something like you know like thank God we're Trump's gone now we've got you know new new stuff in the White House. Boom. Obama quote and picture of Obama. It's like, what the hell? He's he's not in the White House. And that's what I'm talking about. Those are the people who are just celebrating to celebrate. They're celebrating the anti-Trump move. And that ain't it, guys. That ain't it. That ain't the move. The move is not to just have these, these personal, like, these personal investments in politics. It's not, who's the coolest person? Who's the most Yas Queen? Who's the most diverse it has to go back to who is the right candidate. It is. It, this is not a sport. This is not your favorite actor or actress winning an Oscar. It's ridiculous to see. And, and look, I'm not saying people should be celebrated. You know, just like with Obama, I think celebrating the first African American president is fine. Celebrating Kamala Harris being the first woman vice president, fine. But it shouldn't be this like Kamala Harris is Yas Queen, and then the 13 or 14. Uh, Republican Congresswomen who who were elected, you know, in the biggest the biggest uh, year for female Republicans. I, I don't think that should be swept under the rug. You know, I don't think the media should shit all over Sarah Palin, and no one mentioned anything about her yas queening. But then we have Kamala Harris, who all of a sudden is the ultimate yas queen. It just shows how much people don't know what's going on, and I think when people gravitate to those kind of things. I think I think it's kind of sad, actually, and that's more about that's more evidence for why I think mass media is going to go away. You know, we have CNN or we have journalists who are celebrating these huge groups of people celebrating Biden and Harris simultaneously turning around. There was a guy he tweeted like eleven hours apart, and one of them he was celebrating groups outside of the White House, and in one he was. Uh, he was saying how bad it was that Notre Dame stormed the field after they beat Clemson. And when he responded of why he why he was celebrating one and not the other, he said, "Oh well, it looks like most people most of the people are wearing masks and stuff outside of the White House, not not really doing it in Notre Dame." It's like, what are you talking about, bro? At least own it. You're telling me that you can see everyone outside the White House wearing a mask? It's crazy. It's so dumb. But that's that's how you know it's not about America. That's how you know it's not about policy. It's not about making America. Excuse my pun, but it's not it's not about making America great. It's about ha ha lol I won, you didn't, 
my team won. I thought uh, there was um, uh, something I'm seeing all, all over the place now is like people preaching for unity. People are preaching now we can unify. And I saw a tweet. I think it's a YG song, the F Donald Trump song. People were saying it's a time to unify, and that song was playing in the background. Michelle Obama said the 70 million people voting for Trump are all you know, evil people voting for an evil thing. And it's like, they don't care about any of that shit. They don't care about unity. They don't care about any of that. They care about, ha-ha, we got the bad orange man out of the White House. I saw someone who was like, today is an easy day to be a parent. The day that Biden was announced as president. It's like, today is an easy day to be a parent. Why? He's not even the president. Like, what makes it an easy day to be a parent? Is systemic racism gone? Is economic wage is there economic wage gaps gone? Are the inner cities being funded? Is race relations just fixed? Is coronavirus fixed? We had like the biggest swath of numbers of the coronavirus the day that Biden was announced president. And people are like, Yes, it's such an easy day to be an American. It feels so good outside. It's like, guys, what the nothing's changed. Nothing's changed, you idiots. Like, it's just so crazy. People are I mean, we joked around about it that the next election will be held on Twitch and subscriber numbers and followers and emotes is going to determine the presidency. But that's kind of where we are, where people are voting. You know, they're voting for who they like. They're voting for who's got the best Instagram. They're voting for who Yas Queens the most, you know, and it's just I'm scared of that because and not to not, you know, I don't like talk like this. I don't like this kind of like, um, I mean, you don't know how I feel about when people bring up Nazi Germany and stuff, but this is how you get into a fascist situation. This is how you get into like a totalitarianism kind of world is where you're only electing these cold of personality people and you only care about the person. And it's one of those like this person, whether it's, you know, it doesn't either side of the aisle. This person can get us out of whatever issue, or this person can save us, or this person can defeat the bad guys, or this person can bring us back to glory. That is like the uh, fascism 101 playbook of candidate is the key to getting us back to a great place. And then people just follow into that candidate, and then it, it just happens. Like that's, that's, again, I'm not comparing this to Hitler, but that's like what happened with Hitler. Hitler's whole thing was like, this one person can get us back to our former glory, you know? And all it takes is one bad one, I'm telling y'all. Like, all it takes is enough elections of this obsessive, personality-driven voting where you're only voting for The Rock or you're only voting for whoever. I mean, it's like, right now, when I hear about 2024, people are like, is it going to be Kanye West? Is it going to be The Rock? Is it going to be AOC? Like they're basically, it's almost like they're trying to cast a movie or something. They're not worried about policy. And it's like why the why is The Rock even mentioned? Why 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 is Kanye West mentioned? You know they they're mentioned before Ted Cruz. They're mentioned before Tulsi Gabbard. They're mentioned way before legitimate Andrew Yang. You know, like people are voting for already voting for Kanye West and The Rock before they're voting for Andrew Yang. You know? It's like, guys, we got to stop this cycle. We got to stop the cycle of vote or die and, you know, these select, like, wh- who is Billie Eilish going to gonna uh, tell me to vote for? We have to stop that. 
And we got to start looking at, okay, well, what works in this country? What doesn't work in this country? What are some problems we're facing? How do we fix those? Whose policy really addresses that? I have a video on YouTube that talks about pandering. It talks about um, how a lot of candidates pander to um, certain cultures because they use uh, cultural icons to our cultural, like, like kind of stereotypes to connect with those voters versus addressing the issues. And my whole thing is that, you know, parts of culture should be appreciated and celebrated, but they shouldn't be the only thing that's talked about. Right. Like I think, um, in the specific video, uh, Kamala Harris was wearing Tim's and, um, you know, Joe Biden was listening to Despacito. And it's like, if we're only worried about candidates coolness or their fashion or their podcast or what they wear, or what they look like and all that. And we replace that with factors of why we're voting again, the 60% of democratic voters who voted for personality traits. If we're replacing legit policy with that, then it's, then we're kind of screwed because then we won't really have a president. We'll just have the coolest kid in the class. And a lot of the times, the coolest kid in the class probably shouldn't be the, the president of the student council, you know? Like, just because The Rock's Instagram is pretty crazy and just because he's big and jacked doesn't mean that he should be the leader of the free world, you know? So, I think that, I honestly, I think that, you know, things are such a circle that I think we're going to go away from that. I, I do not believe that people will keep falling into that trap. I think once they see, it's one of those things where it's like, they wanted you ever like it happens a lot when you're a kid, but you want something really, really bad. And you're obsessed with it. It's all you talk about. You think it's the greatest thing of all time, and you finally get it, and it turns out to be not that big of a deal. And it's almost like a buyer's remorse or whatever. I think we're going to see a little bit of that, where everyone was so into the woke culture, everyone was so into the anti-Trump thing, and then I think we're going to get four years of relatively nothing to where it's like, oh well, shit, this isn't that different. Like this isn't. Uh, it's really not that big of a deal. You know, I think, I think it might move away from that. I think we will get away from, um, that mindset. So that's kind of my prediction for the country as far as that. And we could lean into it. We could lean into it and we could vote Jared Leto as vice president. I mean, you know, like, I don't know. I, I, I tend to think that, you know, level heads or whatever will cool and people will get back to, and I'm not saying only elect politicians, but I think it'll be more like it'll be more than oh, I like The Rock. Yeah, he could be president. It'll be more than that. Like if The Rock has good ideas, if The Rock is vocal and and all that, yeah, whatever, you know. But I, I think we'll stop we'll stop scrolling Instagram looking for presidential nominees, and we'll start actually listening to people who should be presidential nominees. So that's my, that's my hope at least, because I I do, and I'm not saying that we're walking into a fascist situation, but. I am saying that that's how it happens. Is that when you do, when you only listen to these like super cult of personality type people and you only are voting for personality and characteristic traits like that, you leave yourself wide open to disaster. I mean, Trump did a really good job as far as president. But imagine electing someone who couldn't like imagine imagine electing someone again like kanye west and let's say kanye west gets president and the democrats the blue wave happens and all that and he's got total power and all of a sudden it's like oh shit he's oh my god he's making some real sweeping changes you know you don't want that to happen and nothing is kanye west i'm saying like 
it, it just takes one. It takes one. And the more times we vote like that, uh, the more times that I think we're going to, we run the risk of, of having a truly disastrous four years. Truly disastrous. Uh, again, guys, I can't, I can't talk about this enough, but the idea that, you know, Biden, like what, what he's going to do, you know, what will he do? And again, I don't think he'll do much. Um, I, I think a lot of those fears can be quelled. And now, now look, if the Democrats somehow take the Senate and it becomes a full on blue wave, I think then you could definitely voice your concern where you're like, man, I, I do not support a lot of these radical ideas. So I, I, I can see the concern there, but I do not see the concern yet where that's matching the doom and gloom I'm hearing a lot of as far as like, you know, I mean, there, there are people, especially down here in the South, that legitimately believe the United States is in danger of, like, it's over. Like, this country's over. Freedom is over. It, it's done. You know, I don't think we're there. I don't think that's that. Now, another interesting, another interesting, oh, my computer's all hell's breaking loose. Another interesting way to look at this or to look at what's going to happen in the future is what happens with both parties. So where do both parties go from here? Where, do, where does the Democratic Party go? They're obviously not going to go the Joe Biden route again because he's what, I mean, 80-something years old. But do they decide, well, shit, I guess we should go with the AOCs and the squad, or do they reel it back a little bit and try and go a little closer to center? Same with the Republicans. Do the Republicans say, okay, well, this is where we are now. We're in the Trump world where we need this we need this kind of volatile candidate. Do they do they lean into it or do they say, okay, let's 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 go back a little bit here. Let's reel it back in. You know, so the the Democrats, in my opinion, are more fractured as a party because they go so radical. You really don't hear a lot of Republicans that are have these like insanely radical ideas. They get a lot of traction. I mean Defund the police, socialized medicine, um, Green New Deal, uh, no guns, free abortions, no genders. Like those are really radical country changing ideals. Uh, a complete rewrite of the Constitution. I mean, it's, you know, like these are real serious things that get traction in some parts of the Democratic Party, even with someone like AOC. You know, AOC is a really, really, really progressive and radical thinker. If they lean into her and the squad, all of a sudden they're leaning into the ideas like the Green New Deal, like, you know, Puerto Rico and Washington DC, like all like they're they're leaning into these super radical things. And I may be wrong. Again, I'm not a political uh, I'm not a, you know, this is this isn't my bag. In my opinion, I think that is the worst way for them to go. I think that they need to bring it back a little closer to the center for their own party. I'm not saying like that's what I prefer. I'm saying that I think they're pushing people away with with that kind of stuff. The more times like it should be like a game like if you say socialism or you know socialized or words like that, if you say that enough, you should be disqualified. You know, just like if someone's saying the word like um, you know coalition or collective or uh, stuff like that, it's like okay, wait a minute, like wait, 
wait a minute, isn't this, isn't, aren't these kind of buzzwords for the bad thing? Just like the other way, you know? So I think the Democratic Party will fix, now that's something Joe Biden could do. I'll say that because Joe Biden was against, or he was, I don't think he supports at least I could say, the whole defund the police thing and a lot of these, a lot of these other messaging and a lot of this other stuff that the radical left was pushing. And Joe Biden now has ammo to look back and say, hey, look, we got our ass kicked in a lot of places that we shouldn't have got our ass kicked, and it's because of a lot of this talk. So Joe Biden could bridge the Democratic Party a bit, and he could take the way way radical left and meet it a little bit closer to the middle and maybe could solidify the Democratic Party. That could be a big impact that Joe Biden could have. We'll see if he does, but that that is something that, that he could look for. The Republican Party, if I had, if I was a bet man, I would guess they lean into like the Ted Cruz's and people like that, and that's where we're looking at their their nominee in 2024. Someone like Cruz, uh, someone who plays plays that kind of that kind of ball. Uh, I, I don't think they'll <clears throat> I don't think they'll do the, the, the Trump thing again. So I th- I'm hoping that 2024 looks a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more or less volatile. Um, but who who the hell knows? But that's what I, I think. I mean, you you look at this is an article I saw where it says which party will win the twenty twenty four U S presidential election. Oh, this isn't it. This isn't it. There was one where it was talking about who will be the nominees in twenty twenty four, and the first four people were celebrities. It was like The Rock, Kanye West, uh, Ivanka Trump, and I, I can't remember the fourth one. But it was like it might have been it might have been I, I can't remember now. I don't I don't want to say someone just guessing, but. It was like that, and and then and then like the sixth person was I think Ted Cruz. You know, it's like there's something wrong if Kanye West and The Rock are the top two in this article. You know, so that's that's I don't think it'll be Kamala Harris either. I don't think Kamala Harris. I think Kamala Harris is pretty as a candidate. I, I don't I don't think she's very liked at all. Um, the only thing that she has, the only reason she's the vice president is because Joe Biden came out and said, I'm forcing myself to pick a woman and a woman of color. You know, it's like, okay, well, there's only so many people like, and, and to me, that to me, like those kind that kind of talk to me just makes it worse. You know, like if it, if it was me, I would want to be nominated or selected on my own merit. It wouldn't be like, all right, guys, look, I'm only hiring a 5'10 white male from Mississippi. You know, say, well, I mean, you know, I mean, that, okay, that's I'm a, little, a little, bit, little bit more than that, but all right, you know, so I, I don't I, if if Joe Biden would have opened up his VP to anybody, I don't think he selects Kamala Harris. I don't think Kamala Harris is a very likable candidate. I think she's pretty similar to Hillary Clinton, honestly. And I think the more that she talks, the worse she's going to do. She's kind of like she's kind of like Trump, where if you let her, she'll get herself into trouble. I mean, she got herself into some trouble with, with Pence during their debate, and she had the she had the protective security blanket of being on the other ticket than Donald Trump, you know? So I, I don't think, I don't think Kamala will be a factor in 2024. I think, I think she's going to take this vice presidency and, and roll out in, in IMO, but that's going to be the podcast. I hope I cleared up a lot of, um, a lot of my thoughts on the election. Uh, this went about an hour. I figured it would go about that long. Uh, I'm going to cut this up, put it on YouTube, all that stuff. But, this is pretty much my thinking on it. Um, we'll obviously talk about this moving forward, uh, but just a general response to the election from me. 
Uh, this is kind of how I see things. Like I said, I voted for Trump, and I don't. I do not feel like my guy lost. I do not feel because at the end of the day, my guy or girl, whatever, is the United States, and I just want what's good for the country, and I just want the country that I live in to be a good place to live. You know, so if if Biden being president and the Senate being Republican and the next four years being relatively boring and not much happens like that, I'm okay with that. I don't need these huge, broad, sweeping changes. I don't think America is an evil place. I don't think America has been an evil place for four years. I don't think Trump is a fascist, racist, homophobe who was destroying the very fabrics of the country. I just don't think that, uh, you know, so... I don't. I haven't lost any sleep over it. Honestly, I haven't lost any sleep over Trump losing. Uh, there's no crocodile tears here. You know what I mean? Like, I, I voted for Mitt Romney. I voted for John McCain. You know, like I, I've had people lose in the past, and my life was chill. Um, that's what I tell people. You know, 2000 and uh, you know, 2008 to 2012 to 2016. Not that big of a deal. You know, like those years. I was not living in uh it wasn't hell on earth, you know, so, so just uh just remember to relax a little bit, guys. Just remember politics, it ain't that big a deal, you know. Just remember it's all just a facade. It's all just a mirage. Um President of the United States, just some just a lizard person anyways, right? But thank y'all for listening to the James Cannon Show podcast. Again, sorry for the absence as of late. Um hopefully, like I said, we can go into more details about that and we can have a, a nice long transparent talk. Thank you again, guys, for listening. This has been the greatest social commentator on the planet, The James Commander Show. Are you listening? Damn. Uh.